Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Renee. And I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. Melissa, how are you this week? Hello, hello. I'm good. Uh, Not going to lie, I am in post-trip recovery. Um, If those who know me, they might sense a shift in my voice, a little raspier, a little Sophia Bush today. Um, just, just from all the fun I had playing charades with my family. So, you know, it's a good time when you lost your voice a little bit. Um, but how are you today, Renee? Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you that no one's going to believe that you went to a 21st birthday in Nashville and you lost your voice (laughs) playing charades, but it's It's okay. What happens in Nashville stays in Nashville. (laughs) We'll let you run with that weak alibi. I have 20 witnesses. <laughs> oh, it was 21 people on the 21st it birthday? It was. It wasn't that perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It wasn't done oh. on purpose. <laughs> oh, that's so that's so amazing. Uh, I had a great week. Um, I spent some time with some friends last weekend, not 21, but we were in New York and it was really beautiful because it was a lot of people flew in from different parts of the country. Some of them are moms. One of them is currently pregnant. And it was just nice Aww. that we could all, I think, honestly, I think two people are who are the ones who live in New York City, but all of us could like make it there at the same time, no matter where we were in different phases and places of our life, like still honor this annual fall extravaganza tradition that we've been doing for so many years. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. I didn't lose my voice, though I absolutely should have because I had too much fun as well. (laughs) But yeah, it was great. Thanks for asking. You know those memes where they say when finally when the trip makes it out of the group chat? Mm -hmm. I feel that was kind of the vibe for, for these two trips. I'm so glad we traveled at the same time too. I know. It, that ends up happening a lot, and we never plan it, but yeah, yeah. we're both like out of town separately at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great. Great to see fall weather settling in. Everyone can like break out their sweaters and coats. I mean, fall has the best fashion for sure. Yeah, the temperature so. dropped. It dropped. Yeah, girl, it got cold. <laughs> I was not prepared in Nashville. Uh. Me neither. Um, but Moving on to what we're going to talk about this week, uh, we're talking about interviews, which for some people, it's a little scary. I know that's our not our Halloween theme, but for some people, it might be. That's <laughs> and just like how to deal with interviews, you know, like are interviews really the best or most effective way to assess candidates? How do you get better at interviews? Let's let's dig into all of it. So I guess to kick us off, Melissa, like, do you think interviews are the best way to get to know a new job or a new like employee mm. if you're on the other side? Yeah, I mean, I've only really known interviews, so I don't really know anything better. And I am curious if there is like an alternative to truly understand if you would be a good fit, but also if they would be a good fit to you. So all the things that we read now is the interview process is a two-way street and is a two-way process. So I a thousand percent understand being in the camp of 
it being a very scary, spooky experience, having to put yourself out there, go through the process, even though I will likely mostly just be remote for a good period of time for this next chapter of my career. Definitely in-person interviews scare me more for some reason. Well, I don't know. Oh, really? For some reason. Yeah. Even though I, I, I would understand the vibe and someone's aura a lot better in person, it, in person is more scary to me, um, which is probably why I'm okay with doing a podcast <laughs> because <laughs> I have like the computer screen and just you to talk to. Um, but because of that, I see so much benefit of having a positive and beneficial um, interview because of the fact that it's both for the company but also for you so that you can get a good gauge on if this is your vibe, if your values align properly, if you like your team and would like your manager and just to get un- better understand the role. Um, I'm sure we'll like dive into this more into the episode, but it it is alarming when I've been in interviews as a hiring manager or part of the team hiring and the people we're interviewing don't ask questions. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this is not just us getting to know you. Like you've got to know us too because it's very critical that you like what we're putting down as well. Um, so that was my roundabout way of saying like, yes, interviews, because that's all I know. But what about you? Do you think there's another way to assess a good candidate or see if it's a job's a good fit? I like interviews. I think for me, interviews give you a little more insight into personality. You can see how someone shines. Most importantly, I actually should have said this first. It allows you to storytell beyond the bullets you have on a CV or a resume. I think sometimes just, I did this, I drove X percent metric, you know, like these just collection of data don't really mean much until I can piece together the story of here's this big project I led or here's this cool thing I was a part of that was super successful and you can really showcase your role in that beyond because you know like so much about like resumes about real estate keep it short keep it tight what's the SEO buzzword because half of your resumes Mm -hmm. aren't being read by a real person so I do think interviews are I think they're effective I'm the opposite of you I prefer an in-person interview to virtual um I mean a virtual is definitely easier to coordinate but I think I shine better in person Mm. the one thing I have with interviews which I don't think has impacted me personally although I guess I would never know um is that sometimes interviews because you are vibing off a person I think a lot of unconscious bias can enter into the equation that way and I don't necessarily mean in a obvious racial gender discrimination but it might even just be oh everyone at our company is really perky and peppy and this other person's kind of like mellow low energy and being mellow does not stop you from being great at your job and I think sometimes things like that can come in where this isn't really about how you perform and it also doesn't say much about 
how you'll get along with people like everyone you're friends with is not the same personality but when you have a short time with someone I think some of those sort of unconscious biases come in where it's like well I feel like this person would be more fun at a happy hour or oh, that someone has the energy that I'd want to like work late with. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, not everyone, some people take a while to warm up to show that they are fun on a late night project <laughs> in an interview. just like they might not get it in the first 45 minutes or hour that you talk to them. That's a good point with a lot of the extrovertedness that comes mm-hmm. out with or is compared to with high performers, like that's what a lot of people expect. Like, oh, they would be such a great culture fit because our team is very assertive and outgoing in this. They might be more of a Debbie Downer and sort of affect the energy that we bring to our team. Um, And not to say that anyone who's introverted is automatically a Debbie Downer, but for some reason, sometimes the the quieter folks – tend to be associated with more like blah energy, which is not true. I completely disagree with that. Just same, to, same. Just to say that. Um, but I, I think to your point about unconscious bias and just bias in general, the whole mentality of is this person a culture fit versus is this person a culture ad has really – pissed me off in the past when part of an interview process I was in, I had one last interview to go to and I pretty much had the job. Like that was what I was told with people who I knew at the company and just the vibe I was getting of like this, Mm -hmm. this interview is really about, it's really the culture interview. And I don't know how I feel about that. It was a great interview in conversation regardless and this is no shade to who interviewed me or shade to that company at all but like I just don't know if I liked how it was framed to me as a culture part of the process because I feel like it was more like okay are you gonna like well I guess I had to accept the job too so it's not just are you gonna like us but do you like you know, if we like you, but you have to like us too. Um, I just, I don't know if I really love the word culture fit at all. And if I had to cancel a word, I would cancel that word, <laughs> especially in like an interview environment and process. Because I, if, if it was the opposite end where I didn't get hired, then I would feel like, oh, it was because of my personality and because I didn't fit the culture, whatever that means. Yeah. I think that culture fit thing does get tricky um, because cultures evolve, you know, like the more you add people in and I, I'm someone who's, and I see this as a positive, I've benefited from working in small organizations or getting into certain companies like in their infancy and kind of watching them grow. And I've seen how a culture can evolve. A culture that I loved, that I was a perfect fit for, can change over time. That doesn't mean that it changes for the worse in many ways. Like some of the new additions were either 
things that we had just overlooked that we needed to start adding to our culture. Some of them were just necessary byproducts of growing. Like you can be a little more loosey goosey when it's like a handful of people. When you get more, there has to be a little more rigor and structure, which is going to change the vibe a little bit. I think anyone who's worked in a startup or with startups will definitely tell you it is a different energy than working Mm -hmm. with a more established company. Um, But I don't think culture is a static thing. I mean, I think your values should be consistent, but the culture of how we express and embody those values, I think is going to change with new people. And sometimes it is helpful to have someone come in and kind of pressure test the culture, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, sometimes it is like, oh, this really just isn't working. But I, you know, I've worked with in some situations where I've come in as a new person and things about me that were different, I think, worked as a positive for the organization. They had to start making some slight adjustments that stayed true to their original vibe, but maybe opened up space for different kinds of characters to feel at home there, which I think is the goal of any good organization. Like you want to get to a place where more people who can add value in a tangible way feel like they would be at home there and that they fit. Cause then that just widens your talent pool, right? Like that just gives you more opportunities to get the best people who also feel like they're swimming in the same direction as you. So yeah, I, I agree. I think culture fit can be tough, but I, I I think you can learn a lot from culture fit interviews too. So I don't, maybe they shouldn't have labeled it like that, but I, I yeah. have been in some situations where I've had like, hey, come have a casual drink with us or mm-hmm. I've actually had several places where they've taken me out to dinner or drinks as like a final step afterwards just to kind of get to know you in an environment where you're not answering questions so you can kind of relax a little bit and I, I like found that. it very informational yeah I like that I don't I personally haven't experienced that part of the interview interview process but hearing you say that I think that really is more important than or the way in which they did that feels more of a natural organic way to understand if the energy is there and that you're able to be in a comfortable place like you feel comfortable you just get the vibes from everybody about how they approach problem solving and maybe like some of those culture questions or just understanding if you're gonna fit within that role and if that's something that you're looking for and vice versa for them, maybe it's in the type of questions that you should be asking in that interview process to make sure you understand as much as you possibly can without getting into the role. You and I have had similar situations enough where we have gotten into a place and we're like, wow, did not get that from the interview process. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that for me personally could be attributed to where I was in life at that time and where I was in my career and I just didn't know better then. And now that I know a lot more, I will definitely be a lot more assertive in the questions that I ask to get the full scope before I dive into it. And there were so many questions that I'd never asked or I was afraid to ask because 
if I'm being honest with myself, I didn't want me to, I didn't want it to sway my own opinion on the company mm-hmm. if I didn't like the answer because I quote wanted that job so badly or I felt like I was in a desperate enough position to be like whatever. I just want this job and I don't want to ask that question because if I like it, then it might turn me away. And I definitely have swallowed my not pride a bit, but I've avoided questions because I knew I wasn't going to like the answer and took the job anyway. I think what you're describing is one of the things I've noticed about my growth, just having been someone who has interviewed and worked in full-time positions for over a decade. And that at the beginning of my career, I was very much, like you said, I don't want to ask any question that feels too provocative. I want to stick pretty closely Mm -hmm. to the script. I don't want, like, I was focused so much on, like, they have to like me. I want them to pick me, choose me, love me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what I needed. And it it hasn't been until maybe even the last, I mean, I haven't interviewed recently, but I, it hasn't been until later in my career in recent years that I've really thought about, okay, but I'm also actively interviewing you. And so I'm going to ask the questions that I actually want the answers to. And if the, if me asking the question ruffles a feather, that's something I should know before I start. Yeah. If the answer isn't what I want to hear, that's something I should know before I sign the dotted line. But I, I think you're right. Like, I think that some of that, like, confidence to ask those questions or that just boldness, I wish I had earlier in my career or in my younger years because I just didn't. And you, what you said too, like, it's not even maybe the answer that they share, but how they approach the answer, how – you know, like it, it could say a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like if there's a lot of lack of clarity and they're not giving you a straight answer, that could be a sign in itself. If they are, if it, it, it if it's obvious that it's rubbed them the wrong way, then yeah, that's <laughs> a red flag, um, too. And so if you don't ask the question, then you'll never know until you're put in a situation where now you're you're into the company and now your job is not necessarily on the line, but it's a lot more to risk later versus mm-hmm. risk at the beginning when you're just interviewing is much smaller. For sure. Like I'll give you an example. So a lot of my professional career, I have been one of the few or the only black employee or person of color. And I've made great friends. I've had like, for the most part, really positive experiences in my working life. But I do like miss that lack of diversity sometimes. Um, And so I, you know, I just think it's something that I would, I would don't think I would have asked. I never asked about it in my earlier career. I was just like, oh my God, I'm so happy they like even want to talk to me. (laughs) Whereas now I'm like, I know the value I bring. I know what I'm worth. I know like I have a lot to offer in this exchange as well. Like I want to know what your company, how you think about these things. I remember Mm -hmm. I asked a company once, you know, how do you approach diversity? And like when you mention how they go about answering questions or the lack of clarity, 
the response I got from the HR manager was, oh, yeah, we love diversity. Like, we're all about being diverse here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I, Sorry. I said, great. Okay. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about that a little more? And she, we she love like, diversity. We're all about diversity here. And I said, amazing. So, I mean, do you – and it's a pretty large company. So I was like, do you have any numbers on – like breakdown across the organization at a global level, or at least here in the US, or we don't even have to go so macro. On this specific team, I would be joining. Do you have any information like that you could share? I mean, like we don't have numbers or anything, but like everyone just loves to work here. Like everyone like is really has a good time. Like we're like, and I, I think at that point, I just kind of like moved on to another question because like, the non-answer was an answer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, this isn't a priority for you. Because I've also been to places who will be frank and say, this is really important to us. This is where we are. It might not be where we want to be, but, you know, like right. it's something that they have a response for. Right. Um, you know, and so like, I think sometimes even in the non-responses, like the most important thing that I've learned to do as I've gone on in my career is to listen to what they say, but also listen to what they don't say. Yes. Like, I would say reading between the lines is probably more important than what you're hearing. And that goes on both sides, you know, mm -hmm. like if you're the employer too, because like we all kind of have some of our loosely rehearsed responses for like the standard questions. And that's great. Like, I want to hear what answers you've kind of drafted as well. But, like, I also want to hear what you're not saying. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, just pay attention to that. And there's other context clues with understanding how a company may feel about something or what a culture may be. And this is something that you shared with me, right, of someone working on a certain holiday and you're like, okay – Super obvious to me that if you guys are emailing me on this day, you clearly do not see this as a important recognition day yeah. to, in valuing this community. <laughs> yeah, like there, yeah, there are things like that too that also kind of again read between the lines, like we're big on this topic, but everyone's working, or we're big on work-life balance, but we're sending emails late on Christmas Eve. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, like things like that yeah. that you just have to piece together. You're saying one thing, but these actions are demonstrating yeah. that you're emailing maybe, me at maybe the work-life balance isn't the same. Yeah, you know, like that kind of stuff you have to pay attention to. And then also just be mindful yourself. Like if you're the interviewee and you're telling people, I'm great at time management, but you only respond to the recruiter's emails at like one in the morning, <laughs> they might be like, dupe, like, are, are you? you? <laughs> like, what's like, happening? <laughs> Y'all, like, hot tip. At least on Google <laughs> Gmail, you can schedule emails, okay? So even if you are the person and Slack, you can schedule Slack messages. And Outlook. I think most okay, of them, thank yeah. You. And Outlook. Like, welcome to 2023. We can schedule, he he. Okay, so that way you're not that you're not that uh, coworker who's dinging me constantly at like nine a.m. and midnight and three a.m. and I'm like, 
we could have hide, like hid the crazy a little bit and just scheduled it for like 7.30 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think my last thought around sort of like red flags and learning how to read between lines, which I think is a perfect way to put it, is just how important interviews are for you and prioritizing that because – I'm not excited about getting back into the job market and going through the interview process. I've been fortunate up until this point where I haven't had to send applications to 50, 60, 100 places, um, which again was leaning on the safe side of where my career was going. And so that was on me. But nowadays, you know, just trying to find a better way to understand fit and or not fit but add right and, mm. and and adding value to your life as well i mean the i would say the best of both worlds is finding somebody within that company who's able to give it to you real and i've done that i've been people have wanted to work where i've worked before they wanted to talk to me first before they submitted their application or took the interview or had an interview and then just wanted to talk to me and I, you know, was really straight up with them. And I'm like, hey, everything is a pro and con. Like nothing is perfect. And you let me know what your values are and, and I'll give you my personal perspective and anecdotes. And I appreciated that. Like someone did that for me as well in other jobs and has – they raised pink flags to me. And at that point, it was up to me whether or not I accepted that and it was a pink flag or red flag or no flag. Mm-hmm. And so I think just being aware of what you want and asking those questions in the interview. Um, do you have – out of curiosity, like I'm trying to think of one right now, but do you have questions that you always ask in an interview that really helps you like round out your decision-making in that process if it's a good fit? Um, I don't have – I don't necessarily have like a list of these are my three go-tos that I always ask. I think some of the things I generally am curious about, if they aren't already answered by the prospective employer, would probably be like, I want to know what they're looking for in their dream candidate, obviously, Mm -hmm. because that way it's not just, oh, they're trying to make me fit into this role. It's like, you're telling me what you want and then I can decide like, am I that person or not? And sometimes they've given me information where it's been like, I don't, I I could be hired by you, but I actually don't think I'm who you're looking for. Um, And I love how you're, you're honest about that. Didn't mean to interrupt your thought there, but you know what I mean? Like that you're willing to be like, this is not a good fit for me, even though it's just like a nice shiny new job with maybe a nice pay. And you're like, but I'm going to be miserable because I'm not going to, it's not right. Anyway, it's also like we live in such a small world. Like I can't tell you how many times I someone has asked me about someone that they are interviewing at their company, sometimes not even in the same state. And they're like, oh, do you know this person? I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. Or my friend does or Mm. this person I know has worked with them. And so you don't want to just like jump into a situation, mess it up and then, you know, People bounce. could be out there saying things about your name that aren't true. So I think 
again, didn't really think about this at the beginning of my career, but as I've gotten older, just be mindful that even if something isn't right, to just be polite about it because you don't know what people are saying when you're not in the room. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I want to know like what superpowers they're looking for in their new person. I really try to understand work style. I think at this stage in my career, I'm really interested also in what, like, how do they approach like nurturing talent and like growing people into the next level. That's a great one. I like that. Because I think a lot of companies will, and this is like through no fault of their own, a lot of companies will groom and train you to be good for the next steps at their company. But I want to be a company that trains me to be a good fit for the next step at their company or somewhere else should I decide to move on. Because like we said in like one of our earlier episodes, mm-hmm. we're all quitting something at some point, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, And it's um, realistic. Yeah. It's realistic. And there's still a representation of you and your company. So, you know, don't get mad when people move on from something and outgrow something and get something even better. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I kind of – I don't have any more specific questions, but it's, it's really no, just great. like digging into that. Have you – do you have any that you thought of? Um, I can't remember my own interview questions, but I did find uh, a resource from – and I'll share the – it's on Instagram. It says interview questions to get you answers. Ooh. Now, this is <laughs> – I want to, you know, disclosure uh, or disclaimer, I should say, the title of this whole carousel was how do I know it's a, quote, lazy girl job? Um, I don't really know what that means yet, so just take that with a grain of salt before I oh, send Oh, have you not heard you. about this trend? I mean, I have like uh. soft girl era, lazy girl, but I'm just – I didn't read enough of that. I liked – but I liked uh. the questions that they put down. But I definitely feel like this is something we're going to need to talk about and unpack. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You're my Gen Z expert, so uh. I look to you. <laughs> Actually, okay. I, I knew tang- something before you did. <laughs> Quick tangent on that. Uh, another Gen Z lesson with Melissa here. A hot dog is called a glizzy. Okay, moving Stop. on. Why? I don't know, but it is. And I learned that this weekend. So, See what glizzy. I'm talking about? Like, you're my encyclopedia <laughs> for young people. Because <laughs> all my cousins are young, and so they teach me, and they don't shame me for it, which is appreciated. But anyway, <laughs> this lazy girl <laughs> era post. I like some of these questions. Why is this position available? I love that question. <laughs> what happened like, to the person before me? <laughs> yeah. I think that's a very valid question. Like, why yeah. is this position available? Like, is your company growing? Like, you kind of can go down s- several subjects of um, why did the last person leave? Um, how did you recognize there was a gap on the team? Um, you seem to How be growing. How long was that person in the role before they left? Yeah. That's actually some great LinkedIn research to look at the people who previously had that role. Um, can you walk me through the process of the last time you promoted someone on the team? Mm. Great question. Uh, can you tell me about a time when you or someone on your team made a mistake and how it was handled? I like that one. Mm-hmm. Um how would you describe your leadership style? This is very important. <laughs> this yeah. is very important because your direct manager and their managers above them 
Like if you're like that could really like push your career forward or like stomp the hell out of it. If you and your manager are not, I'm just going to use word vibing. That's not the most professional best word to describe that. <laughs> but I get you, it. <laughs> I use like, it. <laughs> I, like, vibes are important. Vibes are important. <laughs> just like school, you recall in your in your classes, what were your favorite subjects? Because it was based on who your favorite teacher was, right? And it's very yeah. similar in your professional career where your manager has so much not power per se, but yeah, power in the way in which you experience a company and you experience your day. So I think and really digging into that and making sure that their leadership style matches yours. And if you're someone who's like, I like one on like one on ones every week because I want those to be days where I can just come up with my issues and problem solve and they don't aren't their type of manager who is always rearranging meetings and you feel deprioritized like that's not a good match right and other people more like hands-off managers are like please I do not want a one-on-one with you every week I just want one like once a month you know just those types of questions Mm -hmm. to understand um value um, and then I do like how do you measure goals, timelines, and success? Um, just because as we've talked about success on this podcast, a lot of people define success differently. And so just making sure what you have in mind for this the success of that role is equal to what they see as success for that role as well. Um, yeah, so there's a few handful of questions here, but I do like that. I think any time that you can just get a better understanding of like, when shit hits the fan, <laughs> how are we going to corral around it? Like, how have you handled mistakes before? How have you handled disagreements? Because yeah. those pop up. And I'm not – I'm someone who doesn't run away from that at work. And I'm not afraid to be like, no, I'm actually really frustrated right now and here's why. Some people have seen that as not good, but other people – other managers have have seen that as great. And so I have learned like to ask a question in that sort of format of how do you handle disagreements because I don't do well with people who just like shove things under the rug and they just want me to like smile, you know. Mhm. But yeah, I'll make sure to put that link in the show notes so that we can Please. all just be better at interviewers or at being better at interviewing. <laughs> yes. No, I, I want to read. I want to look through that carousel. So thank you. How do you um, – speaking of questions, how do you feel about the whole strength and weakness question? I like it. It's – I know it's like a textbook question. What's your biggest strength? What's your biggest weakness? But I yeah. think – I look at it more to judge someone's self-awareness and mm. you'll be surprised. Like I, I participate in interviews on the other side, you know, as well. And like, there's so many people who it's like such an obvious question, but they don't have an answer for it. And it just kind of makes me wonder, like, are you prepared for like, if, if there are certain questions that are kind of like throwaway questions that if you don't have answers to those to me, 
I think whether you mean it to or not, it can communicate to the other side that you are not someone who prepares, you know, like there's certain Mm. curveball questions that you're not going to expect that are going to catch you on the fly. I think that's one we should all have. And I think especially when it comes to weaknesses, I love when someone shares an actual weakness. It is actually a Mm -hmm. huge red flag to me if you try to do the my weakness is that I just love my job so much and I work so hard and I'm just the best employee, but like, it's bad. And like, no, like that, like to me that like instantly in my mind puts you in the, I don't want to work with you because you have no awareness of like what your flaws are. And like, that's mm. not going to jive with any culture that I want to be a part of. What do you think about those questions? I don't mind the strength question. The, the, the weakness one is one where uh, I sort of hate but appreciate, you know, wow. at the same time. I think there are times where, I don't know, as someone being interviewed, I'm always afraid that it's going to be used against me at one point. So call me paranoid. Mm. <laughs> but... I hear you on the whole like spinning it to make it feel positive and I don't know maybe I just never know <laughs> I guess I guess I'm the one in the interview who you hate Renee because in my head oh, I'm no. like I don't know what I would say because it's like part of me is like how honest should I be but I guess in past experience how I've answered this question has always been And maybe this is what I look for as well if I'm doing the interviewing. Here's what the weakness is. Let's say it's uh, time management. Let's Mm -hmm. say it's time management. Um, But I hope that it's followed up with and here's how I'm working on it. Yeah. So I think that to me is key. Um, And so maybe – and I want to give people the benefit of the doubt that – they are aware of their weakness, but it's less about using it as a – and we're going to use this against you and just, like, hold it over your head <laughs> in certain situations because that's been done to me before. But I think the more important piece of that to me is if you answer that question, follow it up with, and here's how I'm working on it. Or here's it, here's what – my weakness was in my last position and here's how my manager and I put together a plan to grow that skill set or to grow that soft skill um, or something like that where it's like, yes, this is my weakness, but it doesn't mean that it's always going to be. This is just my weakness right now. Yeah. Um, and that I think is more important and that's what I would – I wouldn't work on communicating that better than just like saying, oh, my weakness is, I mean, this is one of those like, is it really your weakness? Which is perfectionism. But <laughs> always following mm-hmm. it up with, but I agree that that is not something to be applauded and here's why I'm working on it and here's what I believe now. Um, so, yeah, maybe well, not cancel it per se, but let's add like a like a second layer to that question. <laughs> Yeah. Well, number one, I'm sorry that anyone has used that against you in the workplace. I 
I would never use that against someone. And in every situation that I've either asked it or it's been asked in an interview process that I'm a part of, I don't think it is to catch people in a bad spot. I think it really is just to get a sense for, you know, honestly, just like what are things that we should know going into working with you that we'll have to work Mm -hmm. on. And again, I think it's that self awareness of like, okay, like they recognize, cause like, I'll, I'll give you an example and I'm happy to workshop. I like love workshopping interview answers <laughs> with people. Um, but like one that I've used in the past, which is honest for me is that one of my weaknesses is that I can be impatient. Sometimes I love to just move quickly. I like to do things, get them done, be super efficient. But I recognize that sometimes that impatience does not always yield the best results. Like sometimes you need Mm. that extra 10 minutes in the brainstorm to get the best idea at the end. Or sometimes you need to create a little more space for people to move at their own pace or X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? And like, like you said, here are ways that I'm working on it. And Mm -hmm. I, but I think you have to frame it as like, I recognize that this can be negative. You know, I don't think it works the same way if you just say, my weakness is that I get everything done quickly. Like, no, the, the the bad side of that is that sometimes there is an impatience or like mm-hmm. you said, I'm a perfectionist. I have a really great attention to detail, but sometimes that means that like I move slower on projects Time and I'm trying to be better about like yeah. maintaining that quality while still meeting tight deadlines. Like I think you have to be honest. I also think do not tell people your worst weakness to be clear. like just give them one like I don't think you should go in telling them oh at my last job I butted heads with leadership every day and I was a horror to work with (laughs) I was on a a pip (laughs) yeah (laughs) like do not pick the worst thing about you just pick something that you're like yeah this is kind of annoying or it can cause a little friction but not a ton Mm. so like they know that I have some awareness and that like I'm a human being who has these things that's great (laughs) advice that is great advice (laughs) (laughs) that is true so I guess that goes back to my question of like how honest should you be in that be honest follow up with a growth plan right I think that's the important part and Renee, don't pick your worst one. Don't pick your worst one. <laughs> we don't need to air out all the dirty laundry. Just give them like a little sneak peek of like, I am humble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I do not think that I'm the best thing since sliced bread. Like, yeah. But And you know, yeah. I've heard that advice too of, and you touched on this earlier of like the whole point of this is not to show them that you are the best. Like, I am the best of the best. Because at the end of the day, guess what? You might not be. And you probably aren't. And they probably don't <laughs> want that. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, that's what I – I'm, like, trying to pick up on how I've interviewed people in the past. And, yeah, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, yes, people who take initiative, but people who are also willing to grow – I think it's so much better than being like, I'm getting this person because of their, where they graduated and how they, how they speak and all these other things Mm. that look good on paper versus the willingness to learn, the willingness to accept people to work through issues, like basically asking questions and trying to understand how people solutionize. Mm Mm-hmm. And how people figure things out. 
And if we're handled really hard situations, how are you going to be through that? And how are you going to grow through that? Because there are a lot of things in the role that can be taught. Like you can teach me about a certain program. You can teach me about an industry. You can teach me about this. What you can't really teach people, at least in that sort of way, is you can't teach them character or integrity or Mm -hmm. humbleness or patience. You know, like that's a lot of internal stuff. You can teach patience. I'm telling people that's something I'm working on. (laughs) Do not use Melissa as a reference check. Noted. Teach patience. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now what I mean. But you know, there's like certain things that you can't teach. You can absolutely teach patience. Um, (laughs) Just to clarify. Uh, but I don't even know where I was going at that now. Right. Or soft skill. Like, right. Like you yeah. can teach people certain things and just to look out for that and knowing as someone who's interviewing and, and then also who's being interviewed and, and asking the hard questions because the, yeah. the last thing you want to do is get into a job and like panic three weeks in and be like, what did I just do? <laughs> yeah. I think the bait and I- switch is like, oof, oof. You don't want that. I And I think sometimes when people ask weird questions, I don't think they're trying to be annoying. I think they are trying to dig and make sure that they don't get the bait and switch. At least mm. that's what I keep in the back of my mind. Like, I'm not a big fan of interview games. You know, like some – I've never experienced this personally, but I've heard some people talk about companies where they come at you with a certain energy because they want to see how you react. You know, like they kind of have these – mental games with even how they approach the process just to test you I'm not into that I think that just seems like a waste of time and a bit of a turnoff for me um but I I think you're right people just want to get beyond your scripted responses because any good candidate is going to practice in advance Mm -hmm. and so I say I think 80% of the interview is really just both sides showing how well they've practiced. And it's that 20% of realness that people are trying to get to. And so that's why they throw in curveball questions. That's why they sometimes do the, let me take you out to dinner or drink. Like they want to see, I know that if you're interviewing for this job, I know that you've prepared, but let me see the stuff that's like, let's get off book. Let's see like Mm -hmm. what is going on that's not on the script and it's just hard to get to that sometimes that's true any last thoughts on interviewing and just sort of getting into that process if you ever find yourself having to pivot and find yourself having to get a new job aka me (laughs) um I think for both sides of it Show your interest and your passion, but don't look too eager or desperate. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean be standoffish and act like you have 25 offers if you don't. Um, I think you should express like, I'm really excited about this. Like, I'm going to follow up. I'm going to do all of those like basic one-on-ones. But just don't be too intense. And I will end... (laughs) with an anecdote from a friend she was interviewing at a place she liked it 
And then the organization was too desperate that before she had even accepted the role, five different employees emailed her, welcoming her to the team, like saying, can't wait to work with you. They updated their LinkedIn and stuff with her. And it like it honestly, she'd been having such a good experience. And like that swell of just like, we're so excited for you. And she hadn't even been made like, I don't think she'd accepted an offer or anything. It made her like second guess that like something was off. And I mean, she didn't take, she ended up not taking the job. So we don't know. It could have just been them trying to be really friendly. Like I said, Mm -hmm. it didn't happen to me, but I think like, don't be too desperate, but also don't be standoffish. Like show that you're interested, but you're not like, I'll die if I don't have this one. That also like doesn't give you great leverage for like negotiating and stuff, you know? Like, oh heck yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. Be inter- be interested and passionate, but don't like let them know like this is your only hope. <laughs> 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 yeah. The la- the only last thing I'll add to that is just be honest with yourself as well of what you are willing to accept and what your what you think your red flags are, and only you know. And you ultimately hold the decision for that. And so just being honest with um, what you want and hopefully you don't find yourself in too much of a desperation moment where you end up accepting things that you would have not normally accepted. Um, And that's just like my own personal reminder to me as I enter into the interviewing chapter of my career again. Um, But this is, this was so great. I mean, personally for me, as I go through that, um, I will keep all of those things in mind, especially your advice on your weakness question, Renee. (laughs) Yeah. Don't tell them the worst thing you ever did at a job. (laughs) What are you talking about? Say that. Perfect. That's my weakness, Renee. I am perfect. And I'm just kidding. Exactly. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Well, this is a good interview question. What's your gold star? Ooh, um, my gold star is one of my favorite bakeries in New York City. It's called Black Star Bakery. They have a couple different locations. They have the best iced chai latte I've ever had. Mm. And many places have iced chai lattes on the menu. But my issue is that a lot of places... Like, depending on what syrup they use or how they mix it, it can taste really artificial. Yeah. And it's hard to find one where you're like, you get that rich chai flavor and it doesn't taste super, like, sweet and saccharine. And I don't know what crack they're using at Black Star Bakery, (laughs) but it is so good. (laughs) It is like, I will go out of my way. Like, they have locations in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens. I will walk like an hour out of my way to get it sometimes and just be like, I got to get their iced chai Mm. latte. It's worth it. So Black Star Bakery, I'll drop the link in the show notes if anyone's in New York and just looking for, they also have pastries, great breakfast sandwiches and like other things too, but I highly recommend the iced chai latte. Yum. I wonder, I know what you're talking about, about the artificial taste um, I learned when I was in Colorado, there is different types of chai and mm. one of them is called Bhakti chai, B-H-A-K-T-I. And it's a much more like spicier gingery chai. 
and that might be more your style. But and I've only mm. seen a couple places that actually put on the menu bhakti chai, and one of them is in Charlotte, and it's called Not Just Coffee. And so I would argue that's one of the better places to get iced chai mm. in and see. But I'll add that to my list. What's yeah. your gold star though? I'm giving it to Southwest Airlines. I I know, which is, (laughs) if you don't know, now you know that Renee and I are pretty Delta loyal and very very Delta. Like we got the credit cards. We mostly fly Delta, but I have found myself in situations this year that I've literally flown Frontier, Southwest, Delta, United, and American. And yeah, I, okay. I no, seriously, like so many different flights. I don't know why. So many different airlines, I mean. But this recent flight to South to Nashville was via Southwest. This is my first time flying with them. And I just had a great experience and maybe unpopular opinion. But I kind of like how they do this, the seating, um, which is it's based on when you check in. And they put you in position to the seating. And it's like a free-for-all when you get in. So you don't have an assigned seat. You just choose it when you get on the flight. I know. Unpopular opinion. (laughs) I liked it because we were in a big group of people. And we all got to sit together. And it wasn't based on how when we booked the flight. And they're not charging you like extra Mm. to choose the window seat or any of that like crap. Um, And you can check in two bags for free. Plus a carry-on, plus personal item. So they're my gold star. I had a great experience flying with them. And no delays, which is rare. I know. I've never flown with them, but I've mostly heard good things. Like, everyone loves Southwest. So that's great. I have to check. Maybe I'll check them out one day, but you know I am quite loyal to my Delta. You are. (laughs) My whole family was flying Southwest, so I had to. Yeah, no. Go with with the group. (laughs) (laughs) Go with the group. Um, what are you manifesting this week? Mine's pretty short and simple and that's keep moving forward. I think that's like the best way Mm. to be aware of like the emotions and things that you're going through, but the best thing you could possibly do and to go through something, whatever it is, is to keep moving, keep moving, keep the energy going and I think it puts you in a better place mentally, physically, and all that, emotionally and all that by just, like, keeping your eyes on the prize. Um, And that has been something that's helped me this past year, and I want to keep doing it this year – or this this week. So that's my manifestation. What about you? Mine is similar to yours. Mine's a quote. It's from Tony Robbins. It is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. And I like this because I feel like I'm at a place right now where I have an abundance of choice, which is a luxury. Like I just have so many options of what I can do next, what direction I want to move in, that I'm almost a little bit like having decision paralysis of like, oh, well, if I take this road, then I can't take that one. And how do Mm. I figure it out? And I've just been trying to like have discernment to just make a decision um you can always change your mind later but make Mm -hmm. a decision because that is how your destiny is shaped and you don't know which of the 10 roads is gonna work out 
if you're frozen at choosing any, just pick Ooh. one and we'll see. Yeah. So keep moving. Yeah, as I said, it was very similar to yours. <laughs> we, were, we were in a similar mindset. Yeah. Make decisions, keep moving. Yeah. Um before we head off though, I can't believe it's already time to announce our next book club. And if you didn't know before, we bumped this book to make <laughs> to go ahead and, <laughs> and read Jason Derulo's book. But uh, this book is officially back on the shelf. And we're going to be reading Michelle Obama's The Light We Carry, Overcoming in Uncertain Times. And this book, up episode, book club episode will be released on November 8th. So coming up shortly if you want to read along with us. So, I mean – we all love Michelle Obama, so I just buckle up. It's I know it's going to be a good one, and I'm really excited about this one. Me too. She's she's so inspirational to me. I'd say she's probably one of the top five women that I just think, wow, you really like. Just I just am in awe of her, and she's such a good writer that I'm excited to dig into this too. How lucky we are that we get Beyonce, Oprah, Michelle Obama, like <laughs> like in our lifetime. I know it's like we're really I know we don't deserve it (laughs) but we'll take it so many others but those three I just feel like are just so so above the rest but anyway Uh, yeah I know so many great women and men (laughs) (laughs) um well thank you all for listening and being here with us and good luck on your next interview Yeah, if if you have any questions, I don't know that anything we said today gave you confidence that we're the ones to give you advice, but we are here if you want advice, a sounding board, like love to help you on your a journey. A mock interview. Yes, we want we want everyone to succeed and do the things that make them happy. So, good luck and good day. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.